to the Apostle Frederick Kaluluma podcast channel. Apostle Frederick is the senior pastor of the City of the Lord Church, and he has been anointed by God with a message that will take you deeper in your walk with Christ. We have the mission to bring hope to the hopeless, and we seek to build a community of believers founded on faith and walking in love until the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, if you would like to officially join the City of the Lord Church and get access to pastoral care, counsel, and one-on-one sessions with the man of God, fill in the form in the link below the podcast description. Now, here comes today's powerful word. It is your word. So grab your Bibles, pens, and notepads as we join Apostle Frederick from the City of the Lord Church in Lusaka, Zambia. Be blessed. Now, whether you find it funny or not, Okay, fine, 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 fine. Mm. Okay, so there was a guy who was giving tips on life. We'll end there. <laughs> okay, fine, let's continue. <laughs> um, so there was a guy who was giving tips on life. And, okay, of these seven, which one do I use? Hmm. And what do you think I'll use next week? <laughs> you should see me when I'm researching them. I'm laughing to myself. I'm thinking, okay, will they get this one? Or is this one only funny to me? Okay, let's, let's try this one. Okay. Guys, First Peter chapter 5 <laughs> and verse 8. Okay, this one says this. <laughs> First Peter 5, verse 8. Do we have it? If you can give it to me quickly, it will like spare me from this, from this moment. I'm feeling shy. I haven't been here in a while. Uh, so, First Peter, First Peter 5, verse 8. Okay, so apparently some guy was giving tips on life. It's a bit, uh, never try this. But nevertheless, these were the tips he was giving. So he was saying, uh, you know how we've got optimists, right? Optimists are who? Hafu. Then pessimists. Okay, so apparently, his tip was always borrow money from a pessimist. They never expect it back. <laughs> <laughs> so First Peter 5, 8. Now, I'm going to be talking about something today. Just so you know, I'm an optimist. <laughs> so for those of you who are planning, I'm not just an optimist, I'm a tough one. Okay. Now, I'm going to talk about something interesting because uh, for 10 days, there's something that I want us to do as a church. So let me, perhaps let me explain it first and then you understand why. Um... I was feeling very restless, and so I took a lot of time to pray about it. A lot is relative, right? <laughs> I probably didn't go the eight hours a day you usually go, but I took a bit of time to pray about it. And um, 
By the way, there are some of you who traveled with me last week. Welcome back. <laughs> there are like a hundred people who traveled with me last week. But it's just that I didn't see you. I didn't see you in the copper belt. But in the spirit, you traveled with me. Ladies and gentlemen, I've told you, you need to get used. Because very soon, I'll not be here every Sunday. So you have to get used to this. So for example, in October, no, in November, I'll be in Kasama for about a week or so. So you have to get used to me not being around every Sunday. I, I, I was checking my inbox. I've got invites, Monze. In, I had to search where Monze is, by the way. <laughs> I had no idea. So I'm told it's in between Mazabuka and Choma. Yeah, I knew that. So please, we need to get used. So welcome back to church after your vacation last week. So now, I sensed a certain restlessness, and I want us to do prayers for the next uh, 10 days, of which the last three days will be fasting. Okay? And so we'll do them. No, we'll be breaking, guys. We'll be breaking. <laughs> and then, uh, so for these days, we'll be having prayers together at midnight on Zoom. I'll lead us in the first one tomorrow. Like Monday, no. Midnight is, is it? Okay, like Monday going into Tuesday. Whichever day you decide that is. It's one of the biggest challenges, knowing which day that is, right? The other challenge is knowing whether to say good evening or good afternoon when it's 17.30. <laughs> and so I want to talk about spiritual warfare. Now, I want us to understand something, ladies and gentlemen, and I want us to see it from the scriptures before I show you how we're going to do it. One of the things that a believer needs to learn to deal with is how to deal with Satan. How to deal with Satan. If you don't learn how to deal with Satan, there are moments he might deal with you. So I want us just to see a few things. 1 Peter 5 verse 8 says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary or your enemy, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Now notice this, it says your enemy. It doesn't say your friend, it says your enemy. No one has to fill in a form to become Satan's enemy. It happens automatically. I remember when I was, um, I think I was 15, and I was sharing the gospel with someone. And the person said, you know what, for me, I don't want to become like all spiritual like you because I, I really don't want to get on Satan's nerves. So I'd rather just be, <laughs> I'd rather just be somewhere in the middle. Now, back then I was young, so I, I had penalties. I've grown up now. So the person says uh, something like, I don't want to be getting attacks. And then I replied, no, he doesn't attack those who are his. So she gave me, she got saved. I was young, I was 15. <laughs> but you don't want to be on, I, I don't think there's anything nice about being on Satan's good side, is there? Now, this is a warning in the scriptures that you have to be sober 
and you have to be vigilant because you have an enemy. And he walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Now, when you've been in ministry, you realize that people underplay the extent to which when you do ministry, you realize that um, there are a number of factors that people deal with, and you can tell this is Satan. I remember when we were doing the healing campaign, I don't know who went with me, we went to a place in Garden Compound. No, it wasn't Garden Compound, it was Chipata Compound. And we went to pray for a certain woman. We went to pray for a certain woman, and the woman had a broken right leg. And so when we went to minister to her, we asked her what happened. She said she was walking one day, and she, stepped, she felt like she stepped on something, and her leg broke, the right one. And the hospital was trying all they could, but nothing was being dealt with. And then her sister came to nurse her. She, her sister traveled to nurse her. And as her sister was nursing her, she's walking one day, and all of a sudden, she also had the same broken right leg. It was very clear that the issue there was Satan. And there was a devil that needed to be dealt with. The moment we dealt with it, the woman got healed. And so what I'm trying to say is that there are, there are certain aspects of the believer that require you to learn how to take Satan head on and deal with him. Praise God. Ephesians 6 verse 11 says, Put on the whole armor of God. Put it on that you may be able to stand against the wows of the devil. Second Corinthians 2 verse 11 says, To keep Satan from taking advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his wows and his intentions. I want us to understand, ladies and gentlemen, that there is a devil out there. And he's your enemy. His aim is to kill, to steal, to destroy. And his aim is to use man to do his bidding. And if you don't learn how to deal with him, you might find yourself in a compromised position simply because you didn't learn how to deal with Satan. And that's why I thought it best to share a bit on this topic. It's not always a very popular topic, but interestingly, in the scriptures, the most information you ever get about Satan is from the words of Jesus. So Jesus was very aware of who he was dealing with and what kind of enemy he was dealing with. So here are five things. It's not the title of the sermon. The title of the sermon is, This is the Victory. Okay. <laughs> Now, here are five things that everyone must know about Satan and the way he works from the scriptures. Number one, seven things actually. He is defeated, but he is smart. Satan is defeated, but he is smart. I want you to see Isaiah 14, verse 16 to 17, and it's a prophecy about Satan. Isaiah 14, verse 16 to 17. It says, Those who see you will gaze at you and consider you saying, Is this the man who made the earth tremble? 
who shook kingdoms, who made the world as a wilderness and destroyed its cities, who did not open the house of his prisoners. What he's explaining here is people will be shocked on that final day when they look at him, they're like, what? We could have actually defeated this guy. Is this the guy? Like, this is, this is the famous guy. Because he's defeated. Jesus defeated him, but he's very smart. He's very smart. Who's ever had a moment where you can tell Satan is trying to get at you? Because, you know, most times we think Satan's attacks will be like, you're walking in the streets and you'll see five arrows. I don't know if you're getting my point. You're walking and you'll see five arrows coming towards you. And then when those five arrows come towards you, one will, there'll be like a Nigerian movie laughter. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> and yet, what about that morning when you wake up and suddenly you just feel drained? You're walking and you just feel like nothing matters. Somehow you feel like eight billion people in the world, somehow they all know you and they all don't care about you. As a matter of fact, not, not only do they not care, they all hate you. Like they all sit down thinking, I hate that guy. I hate that. Oh, eight billion. That's an attack from Satan. We are suddenly attempted to not do the right thing and go for other bend options. That's an attack from Satan. How come that day you just wake up and start thinking, so does the right way really work? Is it really worth it to be a believer? Is it really worth it to follow God? Is it really worth it to follow it like this? Is it really worth it to do right? After all, the ones who are doing bad things are the ones who are succeeding. And then when you log on to Facebook, everyone who's doing bad things that day is succeeding. <laughs> the whole lot of them. <laughs> he's, he's very smart in the way he does. That's why he can disguise himself as an angel of light. He's nowhere near as powerful as a new creation. He's not omnipotent. He's not omniscient. He's not omnipresent. For example, he can't read your mind, but he will feed you with thoughts. There's a difference. You'll see as we go on. The second thing you must know about him is that he has a kingdom. Matthew 12, verse 26 says, If Satan casts out Satan, how will his kingdom stand? Satan has a kingdom. There's a structure. There's a way they run. There's a way they do things. He has a kingdom. Like I said, in dealing with ministry, you get exposed to a lot of things. You know, a lot of stories or a lot of things that we deal with ministry-wise, we usually just don't share because we're not trying to scare anybody. But I can tell you that Satan has a kingdom. He's got a structure. I can tell you story after story after story of things I've seen with my eyes. Because, <laughs> oh wait. <laughs> because one problem that I had when I was just starting out one, one problem that I had when I was just starting out, I don't know whether it's a problem, it's a good thing, it's a bad thing, but I was extremely adventurous. If I ever heard that there was a situation to handle and there was a devil to cast out, I was there. <laughs> and so I've told you this one before, but just to give you a bit of a recap, I remember one time, someone tells me saying, please come home and pray for my mom. I, 
she thinks she's the Lord Jesus. I said, okay. And then I made one mistake that you shouldn't make. Whenever you're going for a ministry case and it's peculiar, don't go alone. Jesus sent them two by two. So I went alone <laughs> and I was like 16 years old by then. And so I reach and I still remember the place. And we enter and I, you know, I'm like speaking to her to see what's going on. And then the whole time I'm inside, I keep hearing kids running outside. Like I would look, the kids running in the, in the, in the passage. And so we're having conversation. And she keeps telling me, I'm Jesus. If you don't bow to me, I'll kill you. And stuff like that. And so I was enjoying that because I was young. And then suddenly this man walks in. And the woman says, Angel Michael. I said, okay. <laughs> I said, I'm done. I'm done. I said, I'm deep in excess. <laughs> And so as I reach out, as I'm walking out, I'm walking out with a daughter. I'm like, okay, I will keep you in my prayers. And then as we keep walking, I asked and said, um, so those kids who are running about, and she looks and says, which kids? I said, <laughs> I said you know what? <laughs> it's done. Now, he has a kingdom. Now, if you want to understand how his kingdom works, uh, Ephesians 6 tells us something, right? We're told we resonate not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. The whole aim of this kingdom is to take charge of territories. And that's why you'll find that certain territories will have certain behaviors. So when I was at the University of Zambia, um, before going there, I'd heard about riots and stuff like that. And in my head, I used to think, uh, obviously, the people who do that are from some village named riots. And so when they come, you can see it on their face. It's written riots. And usually when those things would be about to start, would either command them to stop or would leave. And... You know, you leave campus and the like. Then, there was one which I decided to watch. I wanted to see what really happens. And I don't even remember what the issue was about. No, there was no real issue that day. No, that day I can honestly say there was no real issue. And then, you know, I'm watching the, the students and the leader, the union leader is like, guys, the problem will be sorted out. Howie, howie, howie. What do you want? Roadside. I'm like, okay. And then he goes like, what do I do? So I'm walking, and then I start seeing this guy running about, excited. And he's going to all the rooms. Guys, it's time, it's time, it's time. Let's go to the roadside, guys. It's time, it's time. And then there was this guy who ran out. And yeah, the riot was about BC. And when I inquired, the guy wasn't even on BC. But... <laughs> The environment, that just seemed to encourage a certain kind of behavior. Someone doesn't realize that there was something controlling the area. Something controlling it. So there are principalities, there are powers. If you want to know how all these work, do establishment class. So their aim is to spread darkness in this world. The third thing you should know about Satan is that he hates man. Even if he works with some of them, he hates them. Revelations 12 verse 12 says, Therefore rejoice, all 
heavens. And you who dwell in them. But woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea. For the devil has come down to you having great wrath. Because he knows that he has a short time. Satan is a source of oppression. He only wants to kill and destroy. And something about him, which is the reason why we need to stand up for each other, is that he's merciless. He doesn't care saying, oh, let me give this person a break because they are an orphan and they had a hard time last week and then they had a hard this. No, that's when he strikes. He doesn't care. That's why you have to learn to stand for the weak. That's one of the reasons why one of the reasons why, let's say you, you find somebody has a funeral. Do you know that's one of the biggest times to pray for them? You know why? It's like, let's say in areas like this, some of the ways people mourn can be very, very demonic. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. Now, you can imagine, somebody grabs a person who's just lost a loved one. And then they put, and then they are grabbing them and they are saying, Man, Jebazashita Chari, Nakuskulu Wazaleka, Obvious Nakukwatiwa, Swazakwatiwa, Nanchito Swazakapeza, because Apamanja life ya Woyasila, for those who didn't hear what I was saying. What I was saying is, Manje. <laughs> no, there are people who grab a person and in their morning they are raining curses on the person. They're saying this guy's life is now over. This person has finished. They will never go anywhere in life. Now, even work, they will never go. Why? Why mourn why like that? And so that's why you must be there to say, I reject. I rebuke that. And you must be able to take someone aside and say, okay, look, I know you've lost this person that's dear to you, but God is still with you. That's why I declare that you're still going to prosper in life. You're still going to do this. You're still going to do this. That's why believers must always be there. Praise God. He hates man. Satan hates man. Another thing you should know about him is a thief and a rebel. Now, this part is very, very important. I want you to hear this. The way a thief and a rebel works, you can read John 10.10. 10. The way a thief and a rebel works is this. A thief is not trying to obey the law. A thief is trying to break it. What am I trying to say? Just because... You've seen in the scriptures that your position is this. Doesn't mean Satan won't try to rebel against that. So for example, just because you've seen and you've understood from the scriptures that for you as a believer there is nothing like generational patterns doesn't mean they won't try. It doesn't mean they won't try. Why? Because Satan always wants to rebel. He always wants to break the law. That's just how he works. That's how he works. And that's why sometimes you need law enforcement, which is spiritual warfare. Another thing you should know about him is that he's a liar. John 8, 44 says, you're of your father the devil. I would hate to be told that. And they were being told that by Jesus. And the desires of your father you want to do. Hey, he was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. And look at what Jesus says about Satan. When he speaks a lie, he speaks his native language. That's his native language. That's why every demon you cast out tells you it's a queen. How? Who is the real queen? All of them. And that's why even in casting out devils, don't pay attention to what they say. Those things can lie. There was a situation we're dealing with one time. 
there is a girl. She was at, I think, DMI Central Junior University. <laughs> Clearly, somebody is proud of their. And the girl was in class. And as she was in class, she's, she's looking in class. And suddenly, she sees a woman and knitting. Like, and knitting. And then, as that was happening, her memory was going and going. And then before she knew it, didn't practically know anyone. So they took her to the hospital. At the hospital, they said, go find a pastor. They said, this kind can only, because there was nothing wrong with the person medically. Oh, by the way, do you know we receive calls from doctors? Do you know how many times I receive calls from doctors? I've made a lot of friends with people in the medical wing. As a matter of fact, I also call them sometimes. There are some cases where someone comes, you just say, ah, the doctor, we can pass it, they'll be fine. <laughs> some people need injections before you, you lay hands. So anyways, one or two, like a good one. Now, the doctors told them to find a pastor because it was th this kind goes only by prayer and fasting. And I remember when they brought her, I was amazed because I knew this person personally. They had no idea who I was. I was talking to somebody about what I was going to have for lunch. And I said, no, I'll, I think I'll have some ribs. And the person says, you're going to eat human ribs. Because it, that part of their memory was gone. They didn't know how money worked. It was bad. Do you know what we had to do? We casted out a devil. The moment we casted it out, it was almost like everything just came like... <gasps> And somebody came back to a certain realization. Now, can you imagine how many cases, how many people have gone to the grave with unfulfilled potentials? How many people have gone to the grave with unfulfilled destinies simply because there was no one willing to stand in the gap because we're afraid of one or two demons? We have to learn to deal with devils. Okay. Let's look at the next one. So he's a liar. Satan is a liar. Don't believe his lies. And he loves to deceive. Another thing you should know about him is that when he leaves, he always tries to come back. Luke 11 verse 24, Jesus taught it. And maybe I can explain this part well. Luke 11 24, it says, when an unclean spirit, are you saying that Jesus spoke the most about Satan, right? He says, when an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places seeking rest and finding none. He says, I will return to my house from which I came. Let's go on. Verse 25. And when he comes, he finds it swept and put in order. Uh -huh. Then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And they enter and dwell there. And the last state of the man is worse than, if, than the first. That's Jesus explaining. Let me have one gentleman that I just explained. You can come through. Now, we're using him as an example, please. Not, <laughs> I, I just need to use this as an example. So let's say here is a person. Their name is Extreme. And they are struggling with extreme things. And let's say it's coming from a spiritual source, right? It's coming from a spiritual source. So you find here is the person and they're, they're, they're struggling, let's say, with um, 
they are struggling with um, extreme womanizing. Okay? Like for them, when they just see a girl, then that's it. And there's a spirit behind it, right? And then the person comes, and because of the power of God, we rebuke that spirit. And the spirit goes. When the spirit goes, because the way demon spirits work is that for them to function on earth, they need a human being. Have you ever heard that a person was walking in the road, and then a demon bumped into him, swampered him, and then <laughs> stole his phone? No. How would demon spirit bring... What will it do? It will enter a human being. That's how they work. They use human beings because spirits are illegal on earth without a body. That's how it is. That's why when you cast them out, it's like, ah! But you know, I used to enjoy myself in that guy. Now, here is the problem. It says, it come, it, it says I'll go back to my house. What manner? It even considers the person its house. And then it says when it comes, he finds it swept and in order. You know what that means? Nothing has changed about the person. Nothing has changed about the person. They're exactly the way they were. They watch the exact same things. They hang out with the exact same people. They, they, they play around with the exact same thoughts. And it says, ah, gosh, my house is still there. You know what? This time, let's make it harder to leave. Seven others. One, two, three. Hey, let's go. And then they all enter. And the person becomes worse. That's why you'll find that deliverance without willingness can be dangerous. Because the person is not willing. And so the person is giving it a legal right. And that's why the ministry of counseling becomes important. And that's why also there is need for the renewing of the mind. Because when the renewing of the mind happens in Romans 12, it says, be transformed. The word there in the Greek is to be metaphorized. So meaning you literally become a different person. There's a metamorphosis that, that takes place. So when this spirit comes, it doesn't recognize what was there before because there's been a transformation. I hope you're hearing me. Can take a second. And that's why you'll find that, in essence, there's an aspect of deliverance which is very personal. It involves the decisions you make. It involves the places you go to. It, it involves what you choose to believe. Don't be that person. You know, growing up in Pentecostal circles, you even know. Like when the pastor says fire, you even know who. Like, <laughs> you even know what it will say. You've memorized the script. It will say, hey, Shanuko, hey, we're from the royal family. Hey, hey. You, 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 we even know like the script. Like, okay, then next it will say this. Then next it will say this. Don't be that person. That's not your calling as a believer. I hope you're hearing me. And that's why sometimes you'll find that the biggest challenge we have is people's own decision-making. You can't flirt around with demons the whole week and want to see angels on Sunday. It just doesn't, doesn't work like that. Okay? Let's look at another one. And it also applies to his attempted attacks. Luke 4, verse 13. Luke 4, verse 13. It applies to his attempted attacks. Now, when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an option time. Notice, he didn't depart forever. I can tell story after story after story. 
But what I will tell you is this, the last attack you ever had or the last attempted attack you ever had from Satan is not the last one. In short, there are more victories to come, eh? Yeah. Listen. <laughs> the, the comforting part is this. Everyone in the Bible who was ever known was known because they overcame something. You, don't, you wouldn't have known David without Goliath. You wouldn't have known Abraham and Sarah without the issue of barrenness. There would have just been another couple that had a child. You wouldn't have known them. Every person in the scriptures was known because of their battles. So in case maybe you've been fighting through certain things, keep fighting. We need your story. We need your testimony. That testimony will inspire faith in millions. I hope you're hearing me. So keep fighting. Let's continue. Praise God. Another thing about him is that when resisted, he flees. John 4 verse 7 says, submit to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Everything in Satan flees when you resist him. When you resist him, he flees. So how do you resist him? You dance like this. <laughs> now, for a believer, here are a few things you need to know. Number one, Satan has lost the legal right to dominate you when you're a Christian. He's lost it. Colossians 1 verse 12 says, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. Verse 13. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of his love. What does this mean? It means Satan can't just wake up one day and say, oh, I was walking among the sons of men. I would, like to, I would like to hammer that one. Because the legal right that he had over the earth, do you remember when he was tempting Jesus? He said, I can give you all this because it was handed over to me. There was something that he had, he grabbed a hold of it from Adam, that he doesn't have anymore. That's why what he could do with Job, he can't do with you. Jesus said it in Luke ten nineteen that I saw him fall down like lightning. That's what he said in Luke 10, 18. He said, I saw Satan fall like lightning. And he says, behold, I give you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to defeat all the powers of the enemy. And that is why you shouldn't be, what word can I use? There are times you can have a demonic dream and you're literally seeing what the enemy has planned. Here's the thing. When the police see what the thieves are planning and they're excited, because they know what they are dealing with and how to deal with it. <laughs> Satan has lost the legal right to have dominion over you. However, Satan still has a legal right to tempt you. As long as you are walking on this earth, Satan has the right to tempt you. By tempting you, that means he's got the right to try and cause you to cooperate with your fleshly desires to cause you to walk away from the right path. And then the more you yield to those desires, the more it becomes demonic. In your realm, you are a slave of those whom you are. Okay? So I'll give you an example. If you plan to be 
very big, let's say business-wise or financially, there's a high chance you'll have to learn how to deal with financial temptations. Why? Because that's the area that will probably yield the most temptations. Why do I say so? Haven't you noticed that the most corrupt people in the world are the wealthiest? The biggest money crimes committed in the world are probably committed by the wealthiest people. Why? Because that's the area of temptation. Haven't you observed sometimes that if a person has got a healing ministry, it's not all the time, but there are certain people who you find they've got a healing ministry. And from a young age, what's the first thing they get exposed to? Sickness. Because something I realize that Satan can tell when there's something great upon a person. And then what happens? As they're exposed to sickness, they're seeing it as normal. How then will they believe in the God who heals? You find somebody has got an assignment in life, maybe to restore marriages or something like that. And the only thing they're surrounded by is broken ones. So you find they're growing up not having a belief system in what marriage is. I think one of the things that would be the greatest shame when the world ends is when we realize just how much potential people died with. How many breakthroughs were missed because there are certain people who are missed out by Satan. That's how he works. You'll notice sometimes he'll attack a person in their area of greatest calling. Let me give you a personal example. I'll give you a personal one. How many of you know that one of the ministries I've been known for the most is the healing ministry? Like I've seen some crazy miracles, right? right. Now, um, I had a challenge. I was actually born... You see that clinic over there, right? The one behind you? That's where I was born, interestingly. You're surprised. I was born right there. Yeah. And one challenge that we had was there was a mishandling by one of the medical personnel. So I was left exposed. The person was suspended for a year, but then uh, my dad forgave them. The letter had actually reached the then Minister of Health, uh, president, the late President Sata. Yeah, I think my dad was like me. Eh? He took it all the way. <laughs> I think I'm that type of person. Who's that type of person? Where you enter a shop and you're being given bad treatment, where is the manager? <laughs> <laughs> so now, um, for a while, issues to do with sickness for me were extremely normal. And I mean extremely normal to the extent that, you know, when you go to the hospital, they're writing your details, like, ah, Fred. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it, it could just happen at any time. I remember one time in my seventh grade, I remember I was 10, and I remember that day we went to the hospital, and that day I was weighing 23 kg or something, I was less than a bag of milk meal. <laughs> and I honestly accepted a certain I accepted certain things as normal. Then I got saved. Then when I got saved and I said studying the promises of God, 
one area that particularly jumped in my spirit was the area of healing and health. And the particular encounter that I had that spurred me into the healing ministry is I went to UTH one day. We were going to see somebody who wasn't well. And as we went there, I think I was now 16, and I had just been studying a lot of the word. I reached and I saw this man, and he just looked finished. And as he was standing there, very groggy and all that kind of stuff, everything in me did a somersault, like, boom, I'm home. What happened is I spent my gap year, that was my gap year, and maybe two, three days a week, I would go to UTH and just look for people to pray for because it was burning inside. It was burning. I just, I just wanted to see, did I see everyone healed? No, but did I see some healed? Yes. Some cra- I, saw, I saw some crazy testimonies. And it's funny, some of the craziest testimonies that we see, no one gets to hear about them. Who was it who I said? Was it Samuel and, was it you? Or Tamandani, I don't remember. The ones who I sent to like the Manda Hill area to pray for that light girl. Yeah, I got a testimony about that last week. She's healed, completely healed. Completely healed. But what I'm trying to say is you'll find Satan knew that if there's an area I shouldn't get this guy to believe in, it's health. Because there are some people like me who are zealous. The moment you believe, it will cause a fire that will spread towards others. There are some big gurus in this place that Satan has been fighting their hand financially. Not anymore. Not anymore. So he's got the legal right to cause you to cooperate with your fleshly desires to do those things. Now, how does Satan attack? Number one, heightening emotions, desires, and such to cause bad behavior. He will take advantage of something that is there and he will heighten it. Let me give you an example. I want you to see this. John chapter, no, Luke chapter, John chapter 12, verse 4. Follow me. Tell me if you'll be able to see this. John 12, verse 4. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, this was when the woman came and, you know, gave an expensive gift to Jesus. One of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who would betray him, said, Why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? Uh This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the money box, so he was the treasurer. And he used to take what was put in it. So the day the woman came and skipped the treasurer and gave it straight to Jesus, Judas had a problem. The reason he had a problem is because he enjoyed getting one or two. So meaning Judas already had a problem within him. And, and his problem was manifesting as wise advice. <laughs> That's why you take heed what you hear. <laughs> the, the, the problem was manifesting as wise advice. But then I want you to see Luke 22. And then look at verse 2. The Bible says, Luke 22 verse 2. And then you see verse 3. And the chief priests and the scribes sought how they might kill him, that is Jesus, for they feared the people. Uh Then Satan entered Judas. What was the doorway for him to enter? The guy already had challenges in that area. But at this point, this is now when Satan entered. Satan entered Judas, son named Iscariot, who was numbered among the twelve. And so he went his way and conferred with the chief priests and captains how they might betray him. 
and they were glad and agreed to give him money. What was his biggest problem? It was a money issue. And so it kept building. And so what does Satan do? Let's heighten it. And so he enters him and heightened it. And if you keep on reading the story of Judas, it's such a sad story because after he had betrayed the Lord Jesus, he never even got to enjoy that money. Why? Because the same Satan who entered lives. And then afterwards, the same Satan will begin condemning and say, yeah, look at what you've done. He acts like that guy from the Lion King. Scar, look what you've done. Run, Simba. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that's how he acts. You find he uses a person in an act and then afterwards condemns them concerning the very same thing. It's not even the Holy Spirit, it's he himself. And you call yourself a Christian. God can't accept you. You even want to go to church. To go to church. The moment you enter church, everyone will look right through you. Pastor will be able to see it. And all the people in church speak in tongues, so they've got high levels of discernment. <laughs> they will all be able to see. So just stop going to church. As a matter of fact, go to the bar instead. There everyone cares. They'll even buy you free beer. That's how he works. So he'll heighten a desire and then afterwards condemn you for doing the very thing. That's how Satan works. He heightens. And that's why you must work on you. There's a statement Jesus made that, oh my God, can I show it to you? Let me show it to you. Oh my goodness. There's a statement Jesus made that absolutely. <sighs> Let me show it to you. John chapter 17. This is what it says. Actually, John 14, verse 30. John 14, verse 30. We'll amplify it, right? It says, I will not talk with you much more for the prince, this is Jesus speaking, the evil genius, ruler of the world is coming and he has no claim on me. He has nothing in common with me. There is nothing in me that belongs to him and he has no power over me. That is why, ladies and gentlemen, if you listen to me in this place and perhaps you've been practicing charms or something like that, Get rid of it. If you're afraid of how to do it, bring it. We do it all the time. If you're afraid people will see you, let's meet by East Park. <laughs> or something like that. Maybe you, yeah, for lunch, yeah, you'll pay. But, <laughs> but maybe you've been practicing those things. Maybe there's, I, I, I know what I'm talking about because, like I said, I'm a pastor. Maybe there's a lady here, somebody convinced you that no, to get married, you need to use Jezebel oil or something like that. Get rid of that stuff. Get rid of it. Get rid of those things. You should have nothing in common with him. Notice Jesus says, there's nothing in me that belongs to him. Therefore, he's got no power over me. Sometimes it's that wisdom you've ascribed to. You get rid of it. Let's continue. We're quiet today. How come? It's sobering. Another way he would try to attack is fighting circumstances around the person. Look at 1 Thessalonians 2 verse 18. The Apostle Paul says something very interesting. 
which is why discernment is needed. First Thessalonians 2 verse 18. Therefore, we wanted to come to you, even I, Paul, time and again, but Satan hindered us. Ha! That means that there were certain things that we see in the scriptures, and it's a hindrance from Satan. It was a hindrance. They wanted to go and share the gospel in Thessalonica, but Satan kept closing doors that should have been opened. Let me show you something. Go to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 19. Acts 19. Look at an experience that the Apostle Paul had. Now, he went and preached the gospel in this place, right? And then when he went to preach, there's something very interesting that happened in about verse 20, 26 to 28. There are some people who began to discuss. Look at verse, uh, verse 23. It says, And about that time there arose a great commotion about the way. Now when you're reading the scriptures and you see the way, you know what the way is, right? The way is the church. Because the first church was called the way. Verse 24. For a certain man named Demetrius, a silversmith, who made silver shrines of Diana, brought no small profit to the craftsmen. So these guys were making a lot of profits through making shrines of a goddess named Diana. He called them together with the workers of similar occupation and said, Men, you know that we have our prosperity by this trade. Uh -huh. Moreover, you see and hear that not only in Ephesus, but throughout almost all Asia, this Paul has persuaded and turned many people saying they are not gods which are made with hands. Uh-huh. So not only is this trade of ours in danger of falling into disrepute, but also the temple of the great goddess Diana may be despised and her magnificence destroyed, whom all Asia and the world worship. 28. So now when they heard this, they were full of wrath, and they cried out saying, Great is Diana of the Ephesians. Uh -huh. So the whole city was filled with confusion. The moment they called the name of their goddess, notice what happens. The whole city was filled with confusion and rushed into the theater with one, one accord, having seized Gaius and Aristarchus and Macedonians, Paul's travel companions. Verse 30. And when Paul wanted to go in to the people, the disciples would not allow him. Protocol. Then some of the officials of Asia, who were his friends, sent to him pleading that he would not venture into the theater. Some therefore cried one thing. Here's, here's the funny part. Some therefore cried one thing and some another. For the assembly was confused and most of them did not know why they had come together. People didn't even know what they were doing. They were all just doing it. That shows you it was spiritual. Imagine that. Others were shouting this, the others were shouting this and they didn't even know why they had all come together. How come they all come, came together the moment they shouted, Great is Diana, goddess of the Ephesians. Um, let's go on. When we reach, you can go to 1 Corinthians 16 verse 9 as well. When you reach deeper teachings on this, you realize that some of the chants come through songs. 
There are some songs which the moment they were released, 13-year-old girls started leaving their houses, escaping through the windows. 13-year-old and 14-year-old boys and girls, they're leaving their houses, escaping through the windows, and trying to go make love in the club because some songs were released. And now this year we've got 57,000 new HIV infections, of which majority are 13 years to 17 years. And then when a person preaches abstinence, iliche, it's like sin, wild and judging and stuff like that. But then clearly, these new chants and whatever, they're not working. That's why you must be careful even the music you listen to and the music that you expose some of your people to listen to. You should be very careful. I'm very glad there are certain songs that were banned in our household. I wanted to listen to them, but they were banned. Who, whoever remembers, I remember growing up, you listen to a certain song, just feel angry, just feel like, Appa, if anyone is just to touch me today, like, that's very spiritual. Sometimes someone listen to a song or watch a movie, they just feel like cutting themselves and cutting themselves and, and hurting themselves. There's something spiritual being communicated. And many of these things disguise themselves because Satan can masquerade as an angel of light. So be very careful. Don't, don't just... Your heart is too precious. So he will attack through closing, fighting circumstances around the person, right? I give you 1 Thessalonians 2.8. Look at 1 Corinthians 16.9. It says, For a great and effective door has opened to me, and there are many adversaries. Who's ever had those moments where, maybe for others it may be easy, but for you, there are certain areas where maybe to advance, no, they left out your name. <sighs> no, the signature. Apparently it's the wrong one. No, the middle name wasn't... <sighs> And why you can just tell, this is now a devil. This is no longer a coincidence. And then you go in the secret place, just for city of the Lord Church to be read. Oh my God. Who remembers city of the Lord Church? We registered, then next they tell us we were duped and it was a fake registration. And somebody else got our name because our initial name was the city of the living God. So someone felt perhaps if we could get the same name, they would achieve the same results. And then... The same day that we are told that there is a challenge with the name, I receive a phone call. And the phone call was, we've kicked you out of your venue. So that, imagine in one day we had no venue, no registration, no name. In one day. <laughs> one day. I'll never forget that day because I was about to go preach at DMI St. Eugene. I think I should go preach at DMI St. Eugene. It's been a while. And I, that's one of the moments where I went to preach very angry in my spirit. I don't know if I was angry in my flesh or in my spirit. And you know what, the, what I went to preach about? Dealing with the devil. <laughs> and, and I remember that day very well because when we went, uh, I told the board saying, guys, we're going to pray today from 23 up to 02. And by 02, we should have an answer to these issues. 23 came. I went on my knees to pray. I fell asleep. <laughs> Then when it was three minutes till zero two, I suddenly had a dream. And in that dream, I saw that there's a, gate, there's a door we had left unlocked. And then I woke up in the dream and went to lock it. The moment that happened, I knew the issue was sorted. Now we had to deal with the physical side of it. And that's how we dealt with the physical aspect of it. It was a fight. I'm telling you. <laughs> it was a fight. It was a serious fight. 
Haven't you ever noticed that sometimes when you want to break through into a new realm, there'll be a fight? The first time I was supposed to leave the country to go preach in another country, suddenly the meeting got cancelled. And you should have prepared. It suddenly got cancelled. The first time I was going to preach outside Africa, there were issues just for that meeting to happen. There's always a fight sometimes when you're entering into new realms. That's why you have to learn how to deal with it before you even get there. I hope you're hearing me. I hope you're hearing me. Now, other ways the attacks, I need to be ending. I think I'll finish some of it next week since I'm the pastor. <laughs> Another way he attacks is through discouragement. I mentioned this, is it last week when I mentioned it? That one of the biggest attacks that Satan launches out that people rarely notice is the attack of discouragement. It's one of the worst. That's one way he attacks, discouragement. Sometimes discouragement may come through a person. It can come through news. It can come through... It's one of the biggest things. Do you remember when Jesus was telling them about his destiny? And then Peter takes him aside and says, Lord, you're not going to do this. And then Jesus responds saying, get behind me, Satan, for you are an offense to me. And I've always shared that if you don't know what to do with your life, just become an encourager. You'll find your purpose in doing that. As a matter of fact, for one minute, can you encourage your neighbor? Just tell them something encouraging. What are, you, what are you telling her? Ah, is that an encouragement? Can you encourage her properly? Apparently, somebody told their neighbor you are encouraged. <laughs> Another one said, be encouraged in Jesus' name. I bless you with encouragement. You shall fulfill all encouragement all the days of your life. May the encouragement in you some assault and sometimes. What did your neighbor tell you? She told you to encourage her instead. Okay, fine. I'm giving you one more minute. The other neighbor now encourage the other one. That side, what's the encouragement? Okay. What did you say? Okay. I thought the first thing you were going to do is ask, are you a Manchester United fan? Because you need, those need extra, extra encouragement. So please, encourage all manual fans that you know, eh? <laughs> Please, well, that, that actually brings discouragement. It reminds us <laughs> of Alexis Sanchez and the like. Anyways, we shall rise again. Just because you're getting holy names like Gabriel, and Jesus, you think you're the best? We shall rise again. I'm encouraged. <laughs> okay, fine. And, and, and that's why, have you observed, you, you know what our theme scripture of the, of the 10 days is? I think maybe that's the one I'll end on. I'll share the rest later. 
You know what our theme scripture of the 10 days is? Let me you didn't see the message. I posted it. Okay, our theme scripture. Oh, it's not yet been posted in the group, eh? First Samuel chapter 30. Verse 8, right? But let's start from verse 5, 4, just for context. Then you'll do an exercise for me. Ah, I feel encouraged, eh? <laughs> yeah and you know it's also going in line with some of the stuff that we had in the heaven cares hour right congratulations that was an amazing heaven cares hour so congratulations Mulenga and the rest of the team you did an amazing job okay I want you to see this so David comes back with his people right and then they found that there was an issue their wives, their children, and all that kind of stuff had been stolen. Then it says, then David and the people, and you give me the King James, David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. So I don't know who's been weeping here. I'm here to tell you that weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning, and the morning has come. Okay? The morning has come. There is joy in the morning. There is joy in the morning. So tell somebody, oh child of God, cry no more. For there is joy in the morning. Now, so maybe you've lost your strength when it comes to, you've planned as in, you're even tired of the words attached and my regards, because the number of CVs you've sent out, you can literally start a business right now. I don't know if you're hearing me. Perhaps you've always genuinely tried. It's not like you are looking for trouble. You really wanted the first relationship to work out. If it were up to you, the first one, you were not looking for trouble. Trouble just looked for you. I don't know if you're hearing me. And perhaps you really just wanted it to work out. But somehow, the people sliding in the DMs are always just... And perhaps you've got no power to weep anymore. You've laughed at all the memes you can laugh at. I hear that. Uh, <laughs> I hear the, that a million memes are keeping you awake. <laughs> so anyways, let's go on. And then he had no power to weep. And then what happened next? And David's two wives were taken captives. Ahinoam, the Jezreelites, and Abigail, the wife of Nabal, the Carmelite. And David was greatly distressed because beyond the crying, somehow the people found strength for one thing. The people spake of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved. Every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Look at it from another translation. It will say, but David strengthened himself. So, do you know the power that is yielded when you take a moment to just give yourself a pep talk? And more especially, he didn't encourage himself in nothing. He encouraged himself in the Lord. And encouraging yourself in the Lord involves joy because the Bible says the joy of the Lord is my strength. It says, but David, Amplified says, encouraged and strengthened himself. When was the last time you did that? Like, uh, where you just sit down? 
and just encourage yourself. Things will be well. It will be fine. God is able to do just what he says he will do. So, Fred, don't give up on God because he won't give up on you. Even God, he's able. How often do you actually do that? You know that's part of spiritual warfare. Why do I say so? The moment he did this, the very next thing he said is bring the effort. I want to pray. The moment he prayed, he actually encouraged himself, prayed. Verse 8, he was hearing God. Look at verse 8. And he said, should I pursue? Should I pursue? Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? The Lord answered him, pursue. For you shall surely overtake them. And without fail, recover all. Okay. Do me a favor. For the next... 30 seconds. Think about the area you need to encourage yourself in the most. Even the areas you're doing well. Just think about it for a second. Okay. Wonderful. Are you ready to encourage yourself? As in, are you ready to give yourself the biggest encouragement that has ever been given? If you know you've been having, let's say, insecurities about your body. Come on. You start taking a look at me. I'm a wanderer. You have to. Come on. You have to learn. You have to encourage yourself. There's power you did in that. Okay, fine. For a minute, encourage yourself. You're so quiet. You don't want your neighbor to hear your encouragement. (laughs) Come on. You've got a minute. But it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eyes will I behold the reward of the wicked. No good thing will you behold from those whose walk is right. How God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. And how he went about doing good and healing all who are oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. And Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He has made, he's given access to all the wisdom, the wisdom that God follows. I've got the wisdom that I need to handle current affairs. I've got the wisdom that I need, the wisdom that I need in this age. That ancient wisdom that was reserved for my glory. That ancient wisdom is at my disposal. Glory to God. That ancient wisdom is at my disposal. There is no situation I can't handle. There is no people I can't get myself out of. For he that is born of God is like the wind. <laughs> he's like the wind. No one knows where he's coming and where he's going. For he's a mystery. Glory to God. Glory to God. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. This is the victory. I know the victory that overcomes the world. And it's my faith. Glory to God. It's my faith. Praise God. Wonderful. 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 Before I quickly do the salvation order, I want to do something. Sometimes because we're many, I really 
One of the things, if you've noticed, that I struggle with is autocalls. You know why? Some people just like prayers. <laughs> no matter which prayer point, as in COL, people like prayers. I can call an autocall and literally half the church gets up and I won't know what to do, right? So I avoid it. I pray for them at when. But anyways, <laughs> um, I want to just make... Um, I'll continue the sermon next week. I'll give you the rest of the parts. I want to make... I want to I want I want just pray for for some people who you know why the bible says one can take a thousand two can put 10,000 to flight you've been strengthening yourself but you just need there are times you can tell today I just need to be prayed for just need a hand of god and I want us just to pray for a few people who've been experiencing the overwhelmingness of whatever it is I'm trying to streamline it to as few people as possible. <laughs> so raise your hand if you'd like me to pray for you today in that regard. Just raise it. Okay, they're not that. Okay, just raise it. Okay, lovely. Okay, so here's what you do. Um, raise them again. I just want to know whether I should call you to the front or I'll make a prayer. That's fine. Okay, just lift your hands. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray over your people. Strengthen them. Strengthen them in Jesus' name. Strengthen them. Strengthen them in the name of Jesus. I pray for you, according to Ephesians 3.16, that you are strengthened with might in the inner man. You are strengthened with might in the inner man. Be strengthened. Be strengthened. You rise up from that position. You rise up from that hopelessness. In the name of Jesus, you rise up from that shame. In the name of Jesus, you rise up from that defeat. In the name of Jesus, be strengthened. Your mind is cleared. Your mind is cleared. And in Jesus' name, any foul spirit that has been launched out to attack you, to attack your heart, to attack your mind, I rebuke it now in Jesus' name. I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. Satan, you have no hold over them. In the name of Jesus, I pray for anyone who's struggling in the area of addiction. In the name of Jesus, that addiction loses its hold over you. I pray for anyone who's struggling in the area of, of, of bitterness. And in the name of Jesus, be healed in your heart. Be healed in your heart. No more bitterness. No more poison in your heart. In the name of Jesus. 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 Take a minute and just pray. He's your father. Express yourself to him. Take a minute and just pray to your father. Pray to your Father. Just take a minute and pray to your Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 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 We yield our hearts to you. We yield our minds to you. We yield ourselves to you. We yield ourselves to you.
in the name of Jesus. Talk to him, he's your father. Share what's been on your heart, he's your father. Come on, we still have a minute before we can finish. Take time to pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Blessed be your holy name. Thank you for strengthening us. Thank you for strengthening us. Thank you for strengthening us. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for strengthening us. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Ramas the Tiabrahas on Elebricus, Elebicus, Sont, Alibrahas, and Elegreside, Ariabra as Sont to Morebe, his Sont, Olibricus at a high. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. That heaviness lifts off. That limp lifts off. In the name of Jesus. Suddenly you know what to do. You're never without direction. The Lord avails options to you. In the name of Jesus. Amen. How do you feel after that? How many of you can feel the lightness in the atmosphere? Wonderful. Now, I would like to make a... If you're hearing me in this place and you'd like to make a commitment to follow Jesus, to be born again, to be a new creation, it doesn't matter where you've been, it doesn't matter how bad you think you are. Perhaps you started on the right path but you neglected it. The Lord Jesus is calling and he wants you to come the way you are and he knows how he will work with you. So if you'd like to make that commitment to follow the Lord Jesus, just raise your hand. Lift your hands, please. I want you to say after me, say, Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I make a commitment to follow you as my Lord from this day onwards. Amen. Just keep your hands lifted. Could we pray for them quickly? Oh, what a savior. I feel like I already spoke the blessing, but let me just speak a priestly blessing over your week. Just lift your hands from where you are. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray over your people. And Lord, this is my prayer. Let them be blessed this week. Preserve them from evil. Deliver them from evil. Deliver them from the hands of wicked men. Let none of them be a victim of unfortunate circumstances. Let none of them be a victim of accidents. Let none of their properties or any of their assets be stolen or, or be misplaced. I pray, let them be blessed in their mental health. Let them be blessed in their emotions. Let them be blessed in their physical health. Let them be blessed in everything that they do. Lord, I pray, may this be the week that they testify. I pray, oh God, may this be the week that opportunities come that they've been believing for, that they've been praying for. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth.
wow, what a service. I have been so blessed and I know you have been too. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. You can reach the City of the Lord Church on 0777-930882. If you are unable to call, you can email us on thecityofthelordzambia at gmail.com or reach us on Facebook at the City of the Lord Church. Stay blessed.